I think we're live. Oh. We're, we're still figuring this countdown thing out. <laughs> Go ahead, Edward. Well, <laughs> hello and welcome to another episode of My Favorite Conservative. I am Edward. And I am Andrea, but I am not conservative, yeah. but I'm not. No, okay. but he is my favorite conservative. Thank you. Today, we're going to revisit the Republican debate that was held last Wednesday. We think it's important to discuss because if, or I'm going to say when, something happens to Donald Trump and he can't run, the Republicans really need to have a plan B. Yeah, I, I do think I heard some audible sighs out there from the audience when you said, we're going to revisit the Republican debate because um, it didn't go real well, did it? No, but it was held. In the beautiful Ronald, oh my God, Ronald Reagan Library in Simi Valley, California. I think that actually might have been the highlight. Was the library itself? It's yeah. just gorgeous. Uh, Edward, tell us who was on that debate stage. Who are the candidates? Candidates, lots of governors, lots, lots of lots, governors. Lots. And uh, we start with the Great White North of uh, North Dakota. Uh, doctor, or excuse me, Governor Doug Burgum. <laughs> you made him a doctor. doctor. <laughs> you never know. Okay. Uh, then we, we go with uh, the former governor of New Jersey, the uh, Chris Christie. Right. Uh, we have the former United Nations ambassador for the United States and former South Carolina governor, Chris, or, uh, Nikki Haley. Yep. I almost went Christie known there. <laughs> uh, we have the current governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis. Your home state. Indeed. Okay. Yes. Uh, we have businessman Vivek, rhymes with cake, Ramaswamy. I know you're saying the cake part, so I'll remember. Continue. Yes, Who else? That's, uh, <laughs> we have the current senator from South Carolina, Tim Scott, and we have a former vice president and former governor of the state of Indiana, Mike Pence. Lots of governors. A lot of governors. Yeah, a lot of governors. Yeah. That's, so, that's very traditional, though, for presidential. It is. Uh, yeah, yes. absolutely. So the moderators were Dana Prino from Fox News. Mm -hmm. Stuart Varney from Fox Business News, who could not remember the last moderator's name, <laughs> Ilya Calderon, and I'm not going to try to roll the R, from Univision. Let's talk about the moderators first. Now, yeah. I know you have a word for it. You call it what? Uh, it was a dumpster fire. And see, I yeah. personally, because I have a potty mouth, I called it a shit show. Mm -hmm. It was from the very beginning. They were talking. The moderators yeah. were talking over each other. Yeah, it was other. a horrible intro. They it were was, talking over each terrible. other on the intro. Like, hey, let's set an example for the candidates. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. And um, it was also very difficult to understand Calderon from Univision. Yeah, I know she's. I think been in this country for like 20 years, but oh my goodness, yeah, you know, watching the the candidates. All, when she started to ask a question, they and all lean. They all lean forward. I know right? they did, and their eyes squinted, and they're thinking they're all like constipated, didn't they? Oh like, well, uh, some sad, of them, some of them. But it was difficult to to hear. It really, was. it was so odd. Had, well, yeah. it was odd because she got the majority of the questions yeah. after about the half hour mark. Yeah, it seemed like that way. Yeah, and so why partner with Univision? <sighs> I've been asking myself that for the the, the, the remainder of the week here. It, you know, Univision is no friend to Republicans. Not at all. I mean, if you remember, I can't remember what was his name. Uh, Jorge Ramos, I think was his name. Okay. He used to come after Donald Trump in the in these uh, press briefings with these ridiculous questions. And Trump actually had him thrown out of a couple of them. So why? 
you know, and the, the questions that they asked were so slanted. They were all about. That she asked. That she asked. That she well, yeah, specifically. That, that, I'm sorry, yeah. that Univision yes. person asked. Yes. You know, they Give were about examples. Dreamers and DACA and, you know, trying to condemn the GOP policies on the border. And, and Yeah, her questions bordered on speeches which in a court of law would not be illegal. You know what I mean? It was yeah. kind, of, kind of like an attorney where the judge says, stop, you're testifying. And and that's how it was. And um, she she also went after, uh, was it Ron DeSantis? Yeah, with, yeah. with the fake, fake story about uh, what, that slavery taught slaves skills that they could use later in life. And it was been totally debunked. And why they would let that into a debate since it's been completely, completely debunked. I have no idea why. Yeah, I don't either. Not, not a good start for was, any of them. It was not. Yeah. Now, we are not going to go in chronological order of the debate. Okay. Uh, we are going to instead talk about each candidate. So speaking of Ron DeSantis, let's mm -hmm. start with him. What was really interesting for me, and you like him, let's be very... I do. Yeah, I, yeah. let's be upfront here. I, you know, besides Donald Trump, I think Ron DeSantis would be the next best choice for sure. I'm on the fence. Um, but what was interesting was he's second in the polls after Trump, who was not there. So he is center stage. And we clocked 15 minutes. I know some other uh, pundits, if you will, said 13 minutes and one said 16. But we clocked it at 15 minutes before the leading candidate who was present received even one question. Yeah, I think. Doug what was Burgum that about? Had, Doug Burgum had five minutes of screen time. You know, he's. The, like the human Muppet on stage there. <laughs> okay, okay. don't pick got, on him just yet. He's just yet. got that look. I don't know what, you know. Okay, like, don't, we're, we were not talking about him no, yet. No, but, but he had five minutes yeah. of screen time before DeSantis even got a question, you know, and, and Burgum's at like 2% DeSantis is in well into the double digits. So yeah, unbelievable how they let that occur. Yeah, I do think uh, one of his standout moments, he didn't have a lot in my opinion, but uh, when he talked about crime, that we need yeah. to get back to the blue. And I, I wrote down the quote because I thought it was great. Law and order over riot and disorder. I, I thought that was excellent. That's a little a foreshadowing to our week and woke. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought that was one of his strongest moments. He also did set the record straight about blacks gaining skills as slaves and, and all that with, with the Univision, Miss uh, um, uh, Calderon moderator. Um, what else do you think he did well? Uh, his his answers on pro-life um, were strong for if you are a true pro-lifer that, you know, in, in Florida, I believe they have a six-week uh, heartbeat bill or law I think there. it's five weeks. Okay. Yeah. Regardless of it, but it's a heartbeat bill. So if you can detect a heartbeat, yeah. you shouldn't be able to get an abortion. He stands by it. So, yeah. you know, he, he's fully behind. He, this he is went no... even further than that. I mean, he said, I think they asked him because they did talk about abortion. And I am pro-choice. And but he made a very strong statement about it. he said, I reject that pro-lifers are to blame for Republican defeats and all these different states. Yeah. Um, and so I thought that was a very strong stance to take as well. Well, he, but he also used his that example of his victory that I, I came out with these incredibly tight restrictions on abortion. And I annihilated my competition in Florida. Yeah, yeah. So, and I don't agree with Ron DeSantis on this issue at all. But, but can't um, wait for that show. <laughs> <laughs> God, that'll be fireworks here, folks. Too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just I am uh, I'm pro-choice, but I'm also a moderate when I say pro-choice. So, 
Um, he also uh, did really well in foreign policy. Yeah, he did. Uh, he went after China really well that we need to decouple yeah. from China. We really have to, and Vivek touched on that also. We'll get into him in a bit, but yeah, that, you know, we cannot continue to send manufacturing there. He, he actually brought up um, the confusion, excuse me, Confucius Institutes in the colleges that are here in the United States, which are basically Chinese indoctrination centers that they seem to want to funnel spies through and whatnot. So okay, that, that's that, interesting. Yeah, that, that, there's no way those should be on our soil. So yeah, really strong in that really strong, you know, he doesn't have a lot of foreign policy experience, obviously being a governor, but um, he seems like he's got a pretty good head on his shoulders in terms of what he's uh, promoting. What I would like to see more of the DeSantis camp is watching this and they really should listen to me because we could get into it another time, but I helped get our mayor here in Birmingham elected. Yeah, I did. I did different advice, but I did. So if the DeSantis camp is listening, what I thought was interesting is we only watched maybe five or 10 minutes of the post show. And when he sat down with Hannity, he was relaxed. And relaxed, and you finally saw that he has a personality, and Trump has a personality that's bigger than any room, and that's who you're competing against right now. You're not competing against the Democrats yet. You're trying to win this primary, and DeSantis on a debate stage doesn't seem like he's capable of just relaxing and having a good time. Yeah, and I also think the problem we live in such a superficial world we do and especially it's a visual world he does not have the greatest smile he does not have a barack obama thousand watt smile or even a big smile yeah Yeah, he's got the same thing you know but he it's like he's trying to force it a little bit he needs to just tone it down be who he is i'm gonna try to do it it was kind of like a it's that kind of but he doesn't show teeth well, he tries to, and that's yeah. the problem. If you don't have... And People I, listening are like, what are you doing right now? Yeah, but if you don't have the the <laughs> face structure where you have a natural smile, some people you just but, smile when but, they talk. But when he was not debating and just having a yeah. conversation, his natural smile came through. I watched it was him on Maria Bartiromo this morning, just earlier today, and he was so relaxed. And yeah. you, know, it's, it's, you don't it's, have to have this megawatt smile, but you do need to seem comfortable. And he doesn't seem comfortable. And I think that's why his campaign's having trouble right now and, and why he's and why he's going down in the polls instead of up. Um, yes. Anything else about DeSantis, your favorite candidate you want to add? No, no I think, think we got him pretty well there. All right. Let's go to the youngest man on the stage who, who is behind DeSantis in the polls. Vivek, as oh, in cake. Exactly. I remember Ramaswamy. Um, I am convinced. Well, first of all, the first debate, he was very, very aggressive. And I think he got some feedback that he should pull back. And this time, to me, he came across as the Indian Ronald Reagan. He was inspirational. He was positive. He was uplifting. And even when he was attacked, he handled it with with grace. Um, I thought he had some very strong messages. Don't you agree? Yeah. On on your first part, you know, yeah, he he decided to pull it back just a hair, which which was really nice. And he even, if you remember brought it up himself that he did you know nobody wants the the know-it-all guy I, maybe i'm a, too much of a know-it-all whatever he said something like that but uh yeah he demurred to a couple of other people that were attacking him and just let them attack and 
know. Well, he he did and he didn't, but let's hold off on that because okay. we because one of the best lines of the oh, whole yeah. debate was 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 uh, was with him and another person. So, yeah. um, I thought he was very strong on closing the border yeah. and building the wall. But what I liked, what, what he did best that I didn't, I don't remember anyone else doing, was he really connected closing the border with um, with the crisis that we have in this country with fentanyl. You know, he connected the immigration issues with fentanyl and, and also how fentanyl is a mental health epidemic. And I thought that was smart. Yeah, it really is. And, and all the other candidates need to get on board with this, that it's not just people coming across. That's right. But the, the drugs, tragedy, the, 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 drugs. The, the fentanyl that's coming through. Yeah. You know, we talked about this the other day when I was it got to me, what are we losing? Like 70,000 people, Americans a year yeah. to fentanyl. And I, and we're so concerned about Ukraine. And I looked up the numbers on how many people have actually died in the Ukrainian war. And it very estimates very wildly, but it was between 20 and 50,000 in over a little over two and a half years, I guess we've been in this now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're losing 70,000 people a year. So I love that Vivek brought this up and it needs to be pounded home, you know, yeah, he also got had a gotcha question about transgenderism, yeah. and I love how he handled it. Why don't you share with everyone? Yeah, that was great. He said, flat out, this is a mental health crisis. It is a mental health issue. It is gender dysphoria. And until we start to use those words in our everyday parlance with this, we're not going to move forward on this. Because if we sit here and pussyfoot around... And Vivek went right at it and said, did, yeah. we need to call it what it is and they need to get help. So good for him. Yeah. Good for him on that. Yeah. So one of the best moments of this entire night, which was um, a little <laughs> bit of a sleeper at times, was he talked about how important it was for everyone to reach the next generation with TikTok. And <laughs> and I don't disagree with him, although we don't have TikTok accounts and, and for many reasons. And Nikki Haley really had an issue with him. Like such an issue. And when he talked about TikTok, and I think she considers herself really strong on foreign policy. We will get to her next. But she said, and I'm sure there are memes out there. Every time I hear you, I feel a little bit dumber. And it was just so funny. But he handled it with such grace. He just smiled. He put his hand up, kind of like talk to the hand. He didn't say that, but he just, yeah. and he didn't, he did not engage with her at all. And all it did was make her look even angrier. Yeah, it, it wasn't, a, a, you know, it was, a, it was a zinger that I think that she'd been waiting to, to throw at him, but I don't think. Really? It, I felt like it was kind of off the cuff because mm, she's so irritated by him. Like she was be, worked up. Be, but, yeah. you know, I have a problem with, with, you know, him promoting or being on TikTok. You know, there's so many parts of our government that are deacon from TikTok because, it is a Chinese company. That's right. And yeah. Yes, they are gathering information from us on everything that we do. So, yeah, I, I, you know, he needs to address that. Yes. Uh, now, future. they got into another little tiff um, about Ukraine. He was very clear that Ukraine is a corrupt uh, country. And Nikki Haley said that he didn't have any foreign policy experience, mm -hmm. which is fair. And again, he did, he dismissed her very well. He didn't engage, um, but he did have a zinger for this. And I want you to say it next with how he responded about Nikki Haley. Yeah, well, he said she'll have us in a hot war in 18 months. 
And he's right. Yeah, I happen to agree with him also. I, he's that. right. Yeah, yeah. You, if you have foreign policy experience, that's good. But if you're on the wrong side of what the policy should be, um, not so good. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, so I thought I thought you handled that very well. Again, whether you agree with his stance or not, he went a little rogue on a question about energy and talks about, and then got to the <laughs> Fed. I mean, it was a little odd and. Like, I don't think he knew how to handle the question about energy. So he talked about the Fed and how we need zero based budgeting like we do in business. Um, although I would argue that a lot of businesses don't even do that. But um, I think that was his only sort of misstep of the night. Yeah. To me, what that looked like was he was asked a question and he decided, I don't care what the question is. I'm going to go on my talking points and I'm going to get all of my things out that I want to get out. But they all do that. Yeah, but when that they do, was, well, they, but, you know, when you're asked a certain question, it, it's, you know, courteous yeah. to actually answer it. So. All right. Anything else about Vivek before you move on? Rhymes to... with cake? No. <laughs> All right. We've already talked a little bit about Nikki Haley. Oh, yes. um, one of the things that bothered me was, <laughs> why are you laughing? Sir, why are you laughing? Go ahead. So Dana Prino interrupted Nikki Haley right away, right away. But she almost never interrupted any of the men until much later when she did interrupt Doug Burgum and threatened to turn off his mic. But as a woman, are you allowed to interrupt a woman? See, that's... Well, first of all, we already said the moderators were, whether you want to call it, as Edward said, dumpster fire, I said shit show. Um, The moderators did not moderate, but I couldn't believe that Dana Prino had no problem cutting off Nikki Haley and did not cut off anybody else really until toward the end. But let's talk about her strong points. Uh, hmm. Oh, come on. Okay. <laughs> come on. Yeah. I mean, she ex- surprisingly has gotten a bump in the polls with her performance again. Um, she had a strong answer on healthcare. I didn't write down the specifics, but, yeah. I, but I do remember her having a very strong answer about healthcare. Um, what else? Well, when she, you know, went off on, on, I believe education, you know, she went the typical anti-DEI, anti-CRT, yeah, uh, that sort of thing. That um, felt very general to me. Yeah, yeah, uh, it was boilerplate, if you will. Yeah, but. I thought she did do a good job of tying energy independence yeah. to national security. Yeah, I, that, I, that that is huge, and it's you know something every one of the candidates up there, I'm sure, supports. But we need to say it over and over and over that the key to getting out of this mess that we're in is energy, whether it's and we national, have it, yeah, people. We have it. In, right in here. abundance, yes. Whether yes. it's national security, whether it's inflation, you know, uh, self-sufficiency. I, I got to say it. You know, I didn't vote for Trump. I didn't vote in the last election. I think we covered this in season one. Um, but he made us energy independent. Yeah. He did. Yeah, he did. So uh, so I thought that was a good for her. I think she's really buying for the beat, the beat spot. But all right. Are you ready to next, go on to the next one? Oh, Senator Tim Scott, also from South Carolina. Yes, Yes. one of the only uh, non-governors on the stage. And I felt like he was trying too hard to be the Republican Obama. He's a lot about hope and change, but he he lacks the charisma that Obama has, however you feel about Obama's politics. And the other thing about Tim Scott that reminded me a little bit of DeSantis is he... Yeah, DeSantis is his smile felt very Mm. forced until actually there was one moment during the debate where he laughed and then he had a, he had his natural smile and it was great. Um, But again, he just looks very stiff and it was very interesting to watch. 
here he is, the current senator, one of the current senators of South Carolina, go up against the former governor of South Carolina, and they just went at each Ooh, other. Yeah, they had a cat and dog fight there, they didn't did. they? They yeah. did. They were just screaming over <laughs> other people because they weren't yeah. standing next to each other. No, and I felt bad for the people in the middle. <laughs> I know. I know. It was, it was so strange. And am I wrong that he said something about well, you appointed me or or something. I thought he said something. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I you have to share with everyone what, what they were screaming about. Like what he brought up, it was the dumbest well, point. Well, it was, it was one of those pressing issues um, <laughs> that he brought up when, she, I believe when she was named UN ambassador, right. she moved into the residence and there were, what was it? $50,000 drapes or something like that. Yes. And yeah. that was her fault. It, they were already there when she got there. Whoever did Tim Scott's prep on that, it's just so stupid. It was I mean, really dumb, yeah. and they just went at it. And I and I do think this was an opportunity that the you know sometimes you want to just let the candidates go at each other, but I think this was an opportunity because these fifty thousand dollar drapes, curtains, whatever you want to call them, had nothing to do with anything. Yeah. You know, I was kind of paraphrasing Nikki Haley after listening to that exchange. I felt a lot dumber. I did too. Yeah. Absolutely. We were like, what? Why? So I think the moderators at that point could have just cut both of them off. Yeah, and so let's get back have. on topic because, because it was distracting. Yeah. It now, was I will super. say with your, your talk uh, comments about uh, him, uh, Tim Scott trying to be like Obama, you can hear it in his delivery. Now it's a little more pastor-like, if you will, mm -hmm. preacher-like, yeah. if you will. He, he pauses a little bit more. and He's a likable guy. He is. You know, it's the, when you ask about Tim Scott, you know, first thing you hear, oh, he's got a great story, you know, raised from poverty and all that other stuff. And, well, that's great. But, you know, I'm not a huge Tim Scott fan. I think he's been a reliable conservative vote, thank goodness. But, um, yeah, we'll see. I, I just need to see a lot more from him to okay. get behind him. All right. And then there's Governor uh, Chris yes. Christie. And yes. so Edward and I had more fun listening to him, I think, than anyone else, just because of the absurd things he said. So one of the things he said was, we need a president like I was as a governor. And he really stresses, of course, that he was a conservative governor in a very blue state of New Jersey. Fair enough. But my first response was, so we need a president who eats like a cow? <laughs> you looked at me and I just said, whoa, we're going to have to increase the White House budget for food if he becomes president. You know, so, yes. yeah, you know his nickname is Chris, Christy Cream, Christy. So. Krispy Kreme. Krispy Kreme. Oh, so you said Christy Kreme. Krispy Kreme. Great donuts. Um, yeah, you know, and I will say, you and I talked about it. As soon as we saw him, he doesn't look healthy. And we're not talking about just the weight, no, like his face. Just, yeah. Like he's yeah. drinking. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. He just didn't... He looks like uh, Taft. Right? President he's Trump. getting there. He's He, he is. Um, he was very strong, however, on abortion. He gave specific examples, um, you know, moderate examples, also about leaving it to the states. But, but again, you know, finding that middle ground of now not outlawing abortion completely, but not allowing it right up to the moment of birth, which I don't believe in either. Um, I thought one of his weaker moments was when he was asked about AI and he didn't have really an answer at all. It was almost like he didn't even know what they were talking about. Yeah. Or he, yeah, he hasn't studied the issue. It didn't seem like, but yeah. with Chris Christie, let me say this. Um, 
he's not running to be president of the United States. He's running to keep Donald Trump from being president of the United States. That's his entire goal is to make sure Trump doesn't get elected and try to inflict as much damage. That's goal number one. Goal number two is a contract with ABC, yeah. whoever, whatever. I think mean, he's tank, already working whatever. the networks. He's already, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, you, you know, you've got, once you, as you always run for president, it raises your profile and people pay money for that. So we would be remiss to say that he was really counting on, I think, what, attorney general with Trump. Yeah. He was a huge yeah. fan of Trump, oh, yeah. backed Trump very early. And, um, and when Trump just threw him well, know, to the trash. Yeah, I think it goes a little deeper than that, though, because when Trump brought him on board uh, during a transition, Christie actually had a lot of sway in naming, helping him name who was going to fill what position in the right. government. And we saw how that turned out with a lot of crappy people put in positions that uh, whether he pulled one over on Trump or whatever, but you know, the, obviously the reason that Christie wasn't going to get attorney general is because he sent Jared Kushner, Trump's son-in-law, his father to prison for embezzlement or whatever it was, fraud uh, in New Jersey. So he had no shot. He should have, you know, he's a big boy. He should have realized that from the beginning. Yeah, I guess he didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, okay. And I don't think he'll be around much longer. I mean, it, as a person, yes. As a candidate, no. Guys, really, yes, yeah. Yes, okay. um, all right. So let's talk about Vice President, former Governor of Indiana, Mike Pence. I have four words mm -hmm. for you, Mr. Pence. You are not funny. Okay. We are not even going to dignify this podcast, this show, with the joke that you attempted to tell and the laugh that you got was a laugh of pity nervousness like oh god did he just go there I'm yeah being uncomfortable with a for 35 i years. said we weren't gonna we weren't I, gonna i had to no had to, so. no we don't just, just the visual, it was so bad yeah, it was so sorry, bad yeah. yeah and then um you know and he and he's just very you, well you had a phrase for him you had a, a thing for mike pence well i told you to write this down you yeah, had a great yeah, yeah but when when pence talks yes do it he he tries to make whatever he says sound like the most important thing in the world. Give us an example. Uh, like, you gotta give us an example. Like, well, this morning mm -hmm. I decided to have <laughs> cornflakes uh, for my first and most important meal of the day. That's right. That's yeah, his and, cadence. And it's like, Mike, That's you're a nice guy. You're yes, you know, absolutely. extremely moral, well positioned for to help lead whatever in in terms of trying to get our moral compass back but my goodness yeah, yeah. sorry mike yeah not a good <laughs> got not a good night for him across yeah. the board and when he was asked about obamacare he oh, completely God. stalled which surprised me he should have been prepared for that and all of a sudden he started talking about mass shootings with no real point yeah dana perino asked him about why didn't you you know, get rid of Obamacare when you had the chance, when you were vice president, we had control of the house and the Senate. Oh, that's right. That's exactly what, yeah. And he went off on mass shootings <laughs> and wanting them to make it a federal crime, which I'm completely against, you know, yeah. if you start that, you open a door into, gee, what other crimes are we going to now make federal crimes? You know, murder's murder, you're whatever, yeah. right? You know, you, you can't justify that. But yeah, and he got done with his answer, which went on forever. 
And <laughs> Dana Perino, you know, said, well, the question was about Obamacare. She did. Yeah. And, but then it was like, oh, crap, we're out of time. We got to go into the next question. Which he so, was counting on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So his, his strategy worked, but uh, didn't really help us out uh, understanding. No. So, which I think is it's a tough it's a really tough question for him to answer. And but he should have been prepared. Trump. But he, yeah. they both, yeah. He well, his, his answer should have been very easily. Well, we had Mitch McConnell and, and Paul Ryan running the House and the Senate. That's why. Next question. Oh, well, I think there still would have been pushback on that. But all right, last but not least, the man who uh, yeah. tore his uh, ACL, right? No, no, not his ACL. Uh, his Achilles. His Achilles. Yeah, Achilles yeah. After the, or before the first debate. The day before the first debate was still on that stage. Yes. He was back. Uh, Doug Burgum, I had to look up how to say that name. He bragged about his business acumen. Um, Which he should. You he know, should. This is a guy. He built a billion-dollar company in North Dakota, a software company, not Silicon Valley, not Manhattan, not Boston, and not Energy. Yeah, and not Energy or Cattle or whatever. Right. Yeah. So yeah. you know, kudos to, to Doug. Yeah, and sure. we we did mention earlier uh, Dana Prino threatened to cut off his mic, but she never did. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sorry, they should be able to do that. There should yeah. be like a touch of a button where the moderator can cut off your mic. But I'm getting off point. He did have some really nice points. Yeah. I mean, when he, he you know, he went over his success in, in North Dakota, um, you know, great energy policy, that sort of thing, because they understand that they've got oil and whatnot up there. Right. But to me, it's a little different when he's doing, you know, saying how great he's doing in North Dakota versus how Ron DeSantis is doing in Florida. You know, North Dakota's got what? half three quarters of a million people total yeah you looked you know, it up yeah, yeah it's it's yeah, not i think it's half you yeah. know yeah we're, we're not talking a metropolitan mecca if you will and is it easier to get things done in a small state probably yeah and he had some nice points about gun law yeah. i do remember that so yeah uh, at least a pro second amendment for sure yes yeah. anything else about the candidates before we go for our last segment mm, god is there, did they even announce another debate? Oh yeah, there's another today? one. Yeah, oh, I think in November. Yeah. Oh, I forget where it is. <laughs> well, whomever's going to do it, whoever's going to do it, um, I'm sure it'll be Fox because it's not going to go to NBC or, or CNN. Or anything. They need moderators who can moderate. That's all I got to say. They, and they, just control the situation. And, and we, we implore for the candidates to show some decorum, you know, and stop just, yelling at each other yeah, yeah abide by your five minutes or your two minutes or whatever it is or your minute it doesn't matter I, I think they should give them a little bit longer to answer something and but then that's it you're cut off and, and we, we i have think to that they should just cut off the mics because because they are going to talk as long as they possibly can on subjects they're really comfortable about sure and on the subjects they're not they're just going to talk about whatever they want to talk about as we've already said and, and until their mics actually get cut and they realize that it's kind of like children until you realize the threat is real and it's going to happen and you follow through, you're not going to pay attention. Megan Kelly had a great point. It's that moderating a presidential debate like this was like hurting toddlers. And I agree. And, but the problem is they weren't doing that. Yeah, no, that was, you know, and I watched some of the post-debate stuff and Fox tried to spin it as historic and yeah, it was a historic shit show. So. <laughs> oh, oh, Potty oh mouth here. he just, yeah. he just so said, he, you I hear that often. No, you won't. <laughs> I'm the one that cusses. Okay. All right. So now it's time for 
this week in woke. Oh yes. What do you have for us? And and by the way, like I never know ahead of time what he's bringing to the table <laughs> on this, so I'm always a little surprised. So yeah. so what did you decide to talk about this well, week? Well, we're gonna go to the city of brotherly love. Yeah, Philadelphia. Oh, you know. Um, a Philadelphian that I met once in an airport is the person who told me, a native Philadelphian who told me that Philadelphia was known as Philadelphia. And I thought he was joking, but he's like, no, really it is. Yeah, fortunately, this doesn't have to do with anybody getting killed. But it's uh, still pretty bad. Yeah, the headline is Philly social media influencer Meatball arrested for instigating looting for free iPhones a social media influencer with 200,000 followers on Instagram <clears throat> was arrested by police during the riots and looting early last Tuesday morning. Okay. Her name is Dejia Blackwell. I love it. A 21-year-old Instagram <laughs> influencer. Now, anybody over the age of like 40, you know, when they hear that term, eyes roll, we well, snicker. Especially right? you. But um, yeah. Yes. So she was arrested for basically leading a caravan of looters from store to store because she was live streaming this. Live streaming her crime. Yeah, the crime while she's out front yelling, people must eat. We There's free iPhones. So they're tearing up these stores. And, some and they're just, of, they're just what, taking what everything. like an insurance office or something. Oh. I mean, what are you, for crying out loud. Yeah, so I think the moral to the story uh, is if you're going to commit a crime, don't do it live on Yeah, don't live stream your crime. Because the police actually came and arrested her during her live crime spree. Oh, that's it good. It wasn't afterward, yeah. Oh, well, that's good. At least but that the, happened. The great thing, though, the, the positive thing about this that I heard was her, they interviewed her grandmother, us that the media did. Oh, and, okay. woo, grandma did not take kindly to Meatball good. Uh, out there. Uh, she said she would not race like this. And, uh, you know, yeah. This is not the way my granddaughter should act. So good. Good for her. Whenever yeah. I hear meatball, I just think of that. <laughs> I did that. What was that comedy series in like uh, or movie in the 80s? There was a character called Meatball. Oh, uh, well, no, there was a movie with. Uh, was it called Meatballs? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, that was. Uh, what's yes. his name? Yeah. yeah. What's um, his name? I don't know. Someone will tell us. I hope. Uh, Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Wait, really? Yeah. It was a camp thing, right? Like yeah. camp, summer yeah. camp. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's what I think of. Really any horrible movie. So. It, uh, well, well, moving along. Well, yeah, it, was, it wasn't a great. <laughs> <laughs> that's our movie review portion of my favorite. That's candidate. right. That's right. All right. Anything else to this week in woke or the candidates or anything else you'd like to say, uh, Mr. Pro Ron uh, DeSantis? Well, I, that's true. Um, <laughs> no, just please do better next time, everybody. Please, you you know the American people deserve to to hear the candidates and to have it done in a respectful way so, i agree i yeah. agree and maybe vivek take your hair down a notch yeah that's true we didn't his, talk about Vivek's his hair is a little high, high. yeah yeah lop a couple inches off of that bad boy you'll be in good shape <laughs> it, it's distracting it was yeah. well yeah I, I hey i wish i had the hair like that i wish i had that kind of hair <laughs> all right um Thank you so much for joining us today. Please join us next week live. And we will figure out this whole countdown live thing. I promise we're going to do a test right after this. Uh, please join us next week live at sun on Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you're listening to the podcast, which always drops on the following Monday. So tomorrow, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast um, wherever you're listening right now. And support our show by joining our locals community, which is coming soon. You can still support the show in other ways um, on apps like Buy Me a Coffee. 
and learn more and follow us on all socials at myfavoriteconservative.show. That's it. Good show. Thank you. All right. Thanks for watching. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. It's a wrap.